Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Hello folks, Dan Bird here for a midweek update. Today is Wednesday, November 22nd, the day before Thanksgiving for those in the U.S. Happy Thanksgiving. Mark is closed tomorrow and will only be open half a day on Friday. So they'll close at uh, about one o'clock on Friday. So let's jump into the what happened so far this week. And I want to talk about NVIDIA a bit as well. So let me share my screen. Real quick. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to take a look at some of the charts, but let's go first to the home page. Um, and my newsletter is right here for anyone that wants to receive that each week on Saturday. IBD still has us in a confirmed uptrend. Market had a good day today, actually. This is usually a bullish period, by the way. Going into Thanksgiving and the first few days into the next week is usually bullish for the market. So um, we'll see what happens, but there are a couple of things that I have a little bit of concern with. I've talked about this already that I'm, I'm kind of expecting a pullback. Today, we got a spinning top doji, that little candle right there. So if you think about candles, they basically uh, give you a picture of market psychology. So think about what these say. Basically, it's the open. It, it, uh, people bought a little bit, and then they came back and sold, and they ended up right in the middle, right where it opened. So that signifies indecision. A spinning, it looks like a spinning top right there. The day before was kind of a spinning top too. You might call it a hammer, but Hammers usually come at the at the end of a downtrend. You know, we want to see hammers down here somewhere. You don't want to, you don't usually see hammers near the at the end of an uptrend. So, and because yesterday it ended at the same place it opened, that's also indecision. So two days in a row of indecision. I think the market is trying to figure out what to do. And it's probably going to go sideways and slightly down. We have a gap down here to fill. We'll see if that happens, but we are in a bullish period. So Friday and next week is bullish. Maybe we can take out this next resistance level at 4,600. <clears throat> so that's what it looks like for the S&P. The NASDAQ looks very similar. It's also a spinning top right there. It's right at resistance. So, and the PPO momentum is starting to roll over. So, you know, that's that's telling me again that the market is going to consolidate here. That doesn't mean it's going to crash or, you know, really have a big correction or anything, but it could consolidate or pull back a little bit, getting ready for de the December run. Um, we can look at Bit Bitcoin. Bitcoin has been pulling back, had a big sell-off today, came right back into this previous um bearish wedge which right now is right 
looking right about like that. So that bearish wedge, this one here though, is up here. So it's it's really more of a channel than anything else. So it, it, if it bounces on this 21 day and heads back higher, it will stay in the channel, which would be nice. And if it doesn't, if it falls through the 21, then it may be going down here to 33,000, which is where the 50 day is. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, the dollar had a little um, bounce today. There's a there's a hammer right there. That's that's the way you like to see a hammer on the end of a downtrend that sells off and then comes back by the end of the day and ends up positive. So that's what a hammer looks like. It's at the end of a downtrend. So that could be positive for the dollar. Um, the dollar may may uh, actually start to recover here a bit. All right, let's take a look at uh, what the markets did in general. Let me expand this out if I can. So everything was up today, half about a half a percent on all the major indexes, including the NASDAQ. The VIX was down. So again, the VIX at 1285, 12.85. That is very, very low for the VIX. Um, so interestingly, that, that means there's very little fear in the market right now. So the market is just chugging higher. It's melting up, as Zuber like to say. Um, or somebody out there said, but I've been saying for a while that the market is going, going to hit new highs by the end of this year. Over here on the Dow Jones, uh, the big leader was 3M today. Nike did very well. Home Depot had a nice comeback. I know Zuber talked about Lowe's and uh, they had uh, negative uh, forecasts for next year because of, because of the consumer, but Home Depot, while it did have a little bit of a pullback, it's not stopping. It's continuing to go higher. The interesting thing here is if we look at the ones that were the worst performers, one of those is Caterpillar. Caterpillar sold off today, uh, partly because of John Deere. And I actually wanna talk about John Deere for a second. Uh, John Deere <laughs> beat their earnings, but they had weaker outlook. Raises worry about industrial companies. Company will cut farm equipment production, weak commodity prices for South American results, but the important thing is they say higher borrowing costs will hit demand. So higher borrowing costs is going to start hitting these uh, capital intensive type of companies like John Deere and Caterpillar. So if we take a look at John Deere, look at the um, chart for it. Well, let's see, we'll use this one. Let's look at the chart for John Deere. Reported today, you can see big down day. It actually sold off, but came back. If I switch these to candles, this is another example of seeing, and the, and the Caterpillar one looked like this too. It's a good example of what these candles actually tell you. So it opened down here, it sold off after earnings. And then for the rest of the day, people were buying, even though it, didn't end at the high, it, it, people bought a little bit higher, but it ended a little lower than that. But huge volume as well. 
So even though it sold off, it had a very positive day. Still below its moving averages, but that candle right there tells me a lot of buyers were waiting for John Deere to sell off down here. It's underperforming the S&P and underperforming its own industry group. So John Deere sold off. Here's Caterpillar. looks kind of the same. Caterpillar sold off. This one here, actually, people were buying all the way into the close. So it sold off along with John Deere. But again, people stepped in, waiting for prices down at this level. It basically tells you, you know, where are the orders? The orders were waiting down here to start buying. So we'll see if there's follow through tomorrow, but Caterpillar also underperforming the S&P and underperforming its own peer group. So not too good for Caterpillar. Uh, let's go look at industrials because that's the, that's the group that both of those are in. In fact, Caterpillar, yeah, Caterpillar and Deer are both in commercial vehicles in the industrial sector. So we can look at the sector over here. Here's the industrial sector. We'll see what that looks like first. It's had a really good run. Industrials usually like the end of the year and November in particular. So historically, they normally do very well in the fourth quarter. So we may it may roll over here, but it's still heading higher into the fourth quarter. You can see number of stocks above their 50 is taking off, above their 20. Both of those are kind of in overbought territory and bullish percent index is doing really well. So it looks actually still pretty good. But if we look at commercial vehicles right here, where both Caterpillar and John Deere are located, it's sort of just coming, going across the middle, hanging out right there in the middle of its range. So it hasn't had a, a great run. Accumulation looks really good. So Wall Street's accumulating those stocks, but it's underperforming the S&P. So this is the industry group that both of those stocks are in, Caterpillar and John Deere. So we can watch them at, uh, they both had a bad day today, but they came back. So it indicates that there was some uh, buying going on there. Um, let's go back to over here. And we can see the sectors that outperformed our communication services, which is the internet sector, doing really well. Month of November has been doing great. Consumer staples. So interestingly, it's a, an aggressive sector and a defensive sector are the top two sectors for the day. Utilities too, and healthcare. All three of these are defensive sectors. And all three of those did well. And right behind it is technology. So interesting, it's a mix. So it's a pretty broad market right now. Market is widening out. Um, the industry, best industry groups, retailers, still looking good. Uh, let's see, hotels. Hotels are looking good. Um, internet, this is the internet group where Meta and Google are located. Home improvement, gambling, it's doing pretty good. Uh, a lot of these have, uh, that one doesn't, but that there's a indecision candle on that one. That one, not so much, that looks pretty good. Retailers are just hanging in there right now. Um, software, still heading higher, but that one is a spinning top, so that's indecision. 
And then renewable energy down here, interestingly, that's also has a uh, spinning top doji on it, if you can see that. Um, so this one here is interesting because the renewable energy group has really been hammered all year. And it's only been in the last two weeks, it's really starting to outperform. So it's still underperforming the S&P, but it's trying to make a comeback. So in this group, are things like Enphase, which has had a horrible year. Looks like it's trying to make a little bit of a comeback. But, I mean, the way that looks right there, I, I wouldn't put anything into Enphase until it really proves itself. The other one is Solar Edge, the same group. Looks very much similar to Enphase. And neither one of these, even though they're really, really oversold. So, I mean, there, there's a case that you can make that it's time for these to start moving up. This one is hitting uh, support from way back here in the beginning of 2020. Support right there at 75. So it might be time for it to start moving higher. But look at that against the S&P. That is absolutely underperforming the S&P. If you want to beat the S&P in your portfolio, you need to own stocks that are beating the S&P. And neither one of these are. Even though there were darlings a year ago, they're, you know, year, two years ago, they're not doing very well right now. Okay, what else? So the uh, market in general, I think is, oh, I know what we want to watch is NVIDIA. So let's take a look at NVIDIA. You know, that's the one that everyone wants to see. So here's NVIDIA. Uh, it still has a blue bar, so that means even though um, green means both trend and momentum are positive, blue means one of the two have changed, but it's not red yet. So it came down or just above the 21-day moving average, huge volume they reported after the close last night. They reported blowout earnings, by the way, just blew it away. Um, let me see if stock charts hasn't updated yet. Here's the earnings. So earnings and revenue, again, just blew it away. Um, earnings four dollars and two cents. Revenue eighteen billion dollars. So you can see last quarter blew it away. This quarter blew it away. They just continue to outperform. So if that's the case. Why does the stock, why does the chart still look like it does? Well, I would submit that here's, here's the relative performance. There's NVIDIA versus the S&P outperforming versus its industry group in semiconductors outperforming. The semiconductors themselves are outperforming. Semiconductors versus the sector, which is technology, is outperforming. It's it's not it hasn't reached its previous highs yet. So even though it's outperforming, it's starting to pull back a little bit. And then the industry group, which is semiconductors versus the S and P, outperforming. So all of those are exactly the way you want to see them. Now, why did it pull back? So let's look at the candles. And again, these candles tell a story. Yesterday, uh, everyone was waiting for earnings. Today, last night earnings came out. Today it opened up here. 
sold off all the way down here. So it opened at, well, let's see where it opened. Opened at 498, the low was 476. Um, ended at 487, down 2.5%. But it sold off a lot during the day. So why is that? If they blew away earnings, why is it selling off right here? Well, one of the things that I mentioned, and this is a beautiful example of a candle or a, a hammer right here. That is a beautiful hammer on NVIDIA. And I talked about NVIDIA last month and said that they would be reporting earnings in the third week. I said that, you know, there's a candle, there's a hammer down here. They started to take off here. And I said at the time, NVIDIA historically always um, advances into earnings. And they had a huge advance. I mean, it was down to 400 down here, even below 400. So probably about almost 390, 395, let's call it. But let's say 400 down here, I went all the way up to 500 before earnings, above 500. That is a 25% gain in three weeks. And I said way back here that NVIDIA has a history of outperforming into earnings. So we should have expected this kind of sell-off. Now, if, it, if they had missed on either earnings or revenue, or if they had um, given weak guidance, which they didn't, they gave very strong guidance, if they had done any one of those three, the sell-off would have been huge, would have been way down here, probably back down to the 50-day moving average, 445 roughly. But it sold off today because everyone had already bought it. So this is buy on, on the rumors, sell on the news. I think NVIDIA will continue to go higher after this little sell-off. It may actually go a little bit lower. So anybody that wants to get in might have an opportunity to. But I think in general, at least for the next quarter, I think it will continue to go higher. And we'll see what happens in January when they'll report sometime in February. But we'll see what happens in January. I'll talk about that at that time. One thing I want to mention, because Zuber mentioned it on his uh, daily report yesterday, talking about the, um, the Fed pausing, potentially pausing in March. Um, here's the Fed rate hikes. <clears throat> you can see we had two months in a row at 0%, and we had a quarter percent, but before that was a 0%. So I, I would say we're kind of flat for four months now. The um, commodities are still moving lower, but they flattened out. Um, I think that we will have, we may have a weak CPI number in either next month, either December or January, one of those two. And you can see here, this is the 12 month moving window. This is the uh, basing effect of CPI. This. This one here dropped off. This big one here dropped off in the last CPI number where we dropped from 3.7 to 3.2. The next one is a very small number that will drop off. And the one after that that will be reported in January is even smaller. I think that CPI might actually even either stay stable right around 3.2, might go down to 3.1. But I think in January, it's going to start ticking up again and the Fed will start getting nervous and might, might actually raise in February. But even if they do, 
I think the Fed will also, I also think the Fed will drop, start to cut rates sometime in probably April is the time frame that I'm predicting. And once the Fed starts cutting rates, that will start the clock towards the recession. Um, here's Fed rate hikes and recessions. I, I really have to smile when people and this Zuber included, I mean, everyone's talking about higher for longer. Um, you can look back here, 2006, rates were just about where they are right now. We're slightly higher, but they're just about where, where we are right now. They stayed higher for longer for 12 months. Um, higher for longer back here in 2000 for six months. But look at the 90s. I mean, it peaked right here, came back down, stayed higher for longer right here for for two years or a year and a half right there. But it was actually higher than that before that. I would submit that it was higher for longer for nearly three years in the 90s. And we never had a recession right after that. But normally the recession happens about three months after the Fed starts cutting. I think they're gonna start cutting in April. I think that the recession will probably be sometime in the summer. So August timeframe, and I think it will be short and shallow. But keep this chart in mind. It's on it's on the website. <clears throat> keep this chart in mind whenever people say higher for longer, because this is not new. This is not unique to this period right now. Higher for longer was for a year back here, was six months back here, and for almost three years back here. So just remember that when you hear that that term down here just before 2020 before the covid crash higher for longer was about 7 months in this period so we are we have had the same rate for 3 months now right here actually 2 months only 2 months so if you forget about this quarter point or if you just count these as 3 1 2 3 then we've got higher for longer for three months, but really higher for longer for two months. And I just showed you that that's nothing compared to what it's done in the past. So we could easily go a year. That would put us at October. I don't think we're going to make it. The other thing I, I wanted to mention when people talk about the recession and especially talking about the Fed and the Fed rate hikes and the fact that you know, some people don't believe that they're going to cut that early in March or April, which I think Zuber is in this camp. This is one of the things we disagree on. Just remember that, um, let me see the one I wanna show, Fed rate hikes. I think it's the inverted yield curve right here. Inverted yield curve and recessions, it's kind of busy, but just remember the Fed has two mandates. And people seem to be forgetting that right now because everyone's focused on the Fed raising rates because of inflation. And if, if inflation is now coming down, that means they're going to start cutting rates. Or, or that, that means they're not going to cut rates. They're going to keep them where they are for a much longer period to make sure that inflation is coming down. But remember, the Fed has two mandates, not just one. Inflation is only one of those mandates. So right now, right, you know, we had 3.4 was the lowest inflation point just a couple of months ago. 
we're at 3.9 right now. If uh, unemployment is starting to tick up, if unemployment gets up to four and a half percent or five percent or ticks up substantially next month, let's say the rate gets to 4.1 or even four, four, one, four, two, somewhere in that range. The Fed is going to start to kick in their second mandate at some point when that starts happening. Now, remember, unemployment is a result of the Fed raising rates and the economy slowing down. People aren't hiring as much, maybe even laying off. So the unemployment rate should tick up if the economy slows down. But when that happens, the Fed is going to start thinking about their second mandate. And they will start to pivot away from the inflation mandate and start to pivot towards the unemployment mandate. And what happens? What do they do? to try to get unemployment under control, they cut rates. That's what happens. So if folks are saying the Fed is going to keep rates high all the way through next year because they wanna make sure they've conquered inflation, well, inflation is already coming down. It, it will be proven that they've conquered it sometime in the first quarter. And the inflation, even though the Fed wants to, to, to uh, keep rates high, they're gonna start pivoting toward this unemployment part of their mandate. So keep that in mind. Um, so anyway, that's what I've got for today. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, if you want my newsletter, just go to the website, breakpointtrading.net. Click here and get the free newsletter. Um, there's lots of stuff out here on my website, a lot of really good content. content so I encourage you to explore that if you want to. That's it for now. Have a great week. Have a very happy Thanksgiving for folks in the U.S., and I will talk to you soon.